Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with the line, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it like Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. People of the world today are fading. All right, we're back for more church information and open forum. Uh, Marion Barnett is the host, and he will be back when he gets to feeling better. Let's go back to the phones. Pierre, who do we have? And uh, we have Bill on uh, line two. Good morning, Bill. Uh, good morning, Leon. Good morning. Yes, how, how's uh, I don't know if Pastor Barnett was uh, is he back in the hospital? No, actually, he's in therapy. The operation was successful, and now there's an agonizing therapy that he has to go through because it was oh, a yeah, back that's... surgery, and and uh, yeah, they don't want him to get yeah. stiff. I imagine so. They want they're they're making him move, and it's probably pretty uncomfortable. I put it like that. I can imagine. Uh, Leon, you were saying that the mayor of Dallas wants to be a Republican now? Absolutely. That's what he announced uh, in the Wall Street Journal or New York Times or something like that. Then he should resign his post. Resign. Resign. Because he won won mayorship with the Democratic, uh, as a Democrat. Mm -hmm. He should resign. Mm -hmm. He should resign. That's right. You want to be a Republican? Get out of office. Right. Run again as a Republican. Right. He should resign. But, you know. But. That requires character. That requires integrity. That requires, you see what I'm saying? Obviously, uh, yeah, that's not there. Which Republicans have, which he doesn't have any of that. Nope. You know, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when he was running, he was just, he was, you know, uh, trying to convince us that he that he had all these things. Right. Evidently, you know, uh, Republicans have bought him off. Uh, right. Corporation, whoever, mm-hmm. have bought him off. Right, and, uh, I would, I would you and they just hate for the mayor to be a Democrat. But anyway, it's just—it's just amazing to me. He's, and the Republicans have really, really, really destroying this country. I mean, absolutely, absolutely destroying the country. Mm-hmm. They are—they are the, the cause of the problems. Yeah, for their own benefit. Just right, for their own benefit. And, right, and they don't care about anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody but their own. Mm-hmm. And they don't even care about their own. They'll eat their own if they, if right. they have to. You know. But what do they call it? Collateral damage. They'll call it collateral yeah, damage. damage. <laughs> you know who the collateral damage is? <laughs> all those poor Republicans. All those, the, the, right. The, the lower middle class Republicans, mm-hmm. they're, they're the collateral damage, but they don't even realize that, it. No. They'll go right out there, rural, rural Texas and all all, all these uh, uh, red counties and whatnot. Right. You know, they're, they're poor counties, but they're, you know, they're collateral damage and they don't even know it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They, 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 uh, they drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's sweet. <laughs> yeah. But so is antifreeze. Uh, <laughs> How about that? Yeah. So is antifreeze. Yeah, they think that dollar sign is going to come to them, right. you know, which never has, never will, you know. That, that belongs to the large corporations. Not, no, not from, not, from, not from the Republican Party, not from the elite, not from the plutocrat. Yeah. They're not, they, they, they're yeah. not going to share their wealth because... That's not the kind of people they are. No, they're not going to show the wealth. No, not at all. And plus, Paxton, I had, I had no, I, I, I always knew he would get off. I knew he'd get off because there's no integrity. Mm. You know, absolutely, uh, no integrity. The, uh, what do you call? No integrity at all. The uh, what, what do you call the governor? Uh, not the governor, but uh, uh, forget his name. Lieutenant governor. Uh, 
yeah, Lieutenant Governor stand up there, you know. With Dan the Patrick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Patrick. And uh, I don't even want to pronounce his whole name because it, he doesn't deserve <laughs> it. Anyway, yeah, uh, he, you stand up there with a gavel, you know, and, and lecture people on bringing Paxton, uh, you know. Uh, uh, he says there was no evidence. Yeah, no evidence. It's like, oh, you, you, you idiot. And, and people no, he's him. not an idiot. No, he's not no, an he's idiot. Not, no, he's not. A, you're right. You're right. He's not, not an, an idiot. idiot. He's he's he's, he's he's he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's just you know he's just got no morals at all. No no, morals, no character, <laughs> none whatsoever. And sit in the front row of the church. Front row of the church, the front, number one pew there, and uh, you know and and and, and being, becoming a hypocrite, you know. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't know how big a hypocrite, how God hates that. You know, he, nothing worse than, than, a, than a hypocrite. These people do not believe in God. No, they don't. They don't. If they did, they really don't. their behavior would be different. Yeah, they're cult members, the, you know, of uh, uh, Satan's cult. You know, that's, that's what they are. And that's what, what, they're always being. what would Jesus do? Yeah, exactly. Mm -mm. Exactly. So. But they'll, you know, First Baptist and all these other churches. There you go. Not, you know, you know, they just, they, they preach every Sunday and, and people will sit there, you know, and, and swallow all this, which is, you know, it's just a lie. They, you know, it's just a lie. Right. You know, but they use the Bible, they use the passage and whatnot to their benefit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not to the benefit of the congregation, but to their benefit. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, thank you, Leon, for, for listening to me. Well, and, thank uh, you for continuing to call in and you keep on calling in and you tell your friends to listen and call in too. Uh, yeah, I certainly will. Thank you. All right. That clears the line. 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Pierre? And we have Beverly, and she's on the line three. Good morning, Beverly. And how you doing? But first of all, <clears throat> I want to give doing. a shout-out to Pastor Barnett. There you go. And periodically, uh, please give that address again. I'm going to have to start coming to the radio station with pen and paper because y'all be giving our numbers and stuff, and I don't be prepared. Okay, so, you ready? Yeah, uh, yes, I am. All right, Dad. Wait a minute, just give me uh, the address to Court Road. I have 75240. 1-3-1-5-4. 1-3-1-3-5-4. 1-3-1-5-4. Okay, take the three out. One, three, one, five, four. Coy Road. Okay. Sweet 200. Right. Sweet 200. I didn't have that. Yeah, you got to have that. Okay. Uh, but but let me say this. Now let's go back to that. Pastor Barnett, I'm praying for you. You're going to be all right. I put it in the universe for us. Okay. Um, Senator Mendez, you know, he's indicted. New Jersey Senator. Mm. Hold on. Mm. You know what? I wrote out there on YouTube yesterday that uh, we need competent people with compassion for the human race, not in use race, human beings. We need that to be in office and working for the people. We are the people and not themselves. Mm -hmm. This is what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. All of this old slavery stuff and all of this, so, you know what? That's a frame of mind. That lets me know that you're real low class <laughs> when you have to bring up the race. 
And it lets me know that when you look in the mirror, you don't like what you see. <laughs> see, I'm just going to break it down. Because I'm tired of all of this race stuff. It's time for us to be treating each other as with respect, integrity, morals, all of the above. Mm-hmm. It's time out for that. We never was the way they want us to be. It's jealousy. It's nothing but jealousy. And you mentioned about that young boy upstate about his hair. We can't help what we have. They forgot when they printed that Bible back in Revelation that they said Jesus was a bronze color with sheep hair, wood, sheep hair. I said, well, look, I learned that at 12 years old. I said, they're going to be shocked when they find out you look just like me. <laughs> See, they forgot they put that in there. And I don't see how we missing that in that book again. I don't see how we missing it. That's in, that's in, is that Matthew? That's Matthew Revelation. I am not a biblical scholar. I'm okay, a well, I, guy. I, I used to point you directly to it. And I don't have my Bible right here with me. But anyway, it, it, it told me that's what he was. It's in, it's in just, uh, it's wherever his lineage come from. Family mm-hmm. lineage, okay. yeah, that's where it is. I know you didn't hear it before, boy. Mm-hmm. I know you didn't hear it before. Yeah, but anyway, we need to. We, these people, if they can't come in here representing the people, and again, I love myself. That's why I say I vote for myself. <laughs> I knew that man wasn't no good when he was a representative of Texas. I knew he wasn't no good. He's all about self. They all about self. That's what the name of the game is, money. That's why they're trying to do what they do, mm. to keep the power. Mm-hmm. What good does it profit a man to win the whole world and lose his soul? Uh-uh. That's the issue. What do, yeah, it does, it, What's it's, it's more valuable? This is, this is too long to be going on like this. And praying, yeah, we got to pray. But faith without prayer. Uh, faith without works is dead, y'all. We gotta mm-hmm. work this. Mm-hmm. We gotta and, work this. And, and Beverly, uh, you know, you just said something that kind of like maybe slides under the radar. I think there's a way to be prosperous and have integrity at the same time. You Yes, you can, because don't we live like that? Most of us do. And so... I just feel like there has to be a balance. You can't just say, oh, well, I'll deal with the devil when I get to hell. No, you and, got to, we already in hell. Why you got to die and go to hell when you're living in hell? Come you, on, people. You when you're running for public office, you can't do that. You know you can't. You got to leave that stuff outside the door. Come in here and do a job. And and that's the problem. Half of them in there don't even know the job. They just in there because of the way they look. They want the money and And the way they look. And making a movie. Right. So. uh, What do we do? Right. We got to do something. We need to step up. We need to take our humanity back. We need to let them know that we're not going out like this. We need to do this. We need to get in there and demand. That's why I say I vote for myself because I love me. I don't, I don't, they tell you good stuff out there. They don't mean it. And I've been feeling like this before I was able to vote. When I was in high school, junior high school, I felt like this because I saw this. 
and I'm still looking at it today. Can 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 we get him out? The other gentleman said he ought to resign. Well, he's not going to do that. No, uh, they're not. Can I he? Can it's he? Can about the, it's about the revenue. What 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 is it? What is the word? Impeach? Is that the word they use? They didn't even do that other uh, three stooges. One of the three <laughs> stooges. So what are we gonna do? They they're not doing that. They're going they're going to the wrong side. See, we need to be independent. We need to come out of this. Democrat nor Republican. I don't care where you go. It ain't gonna do us no good. Mm-hmm. Our color, our skin, our hair. That's the problem. And I don't care where we go. And that one over there, that, that stepping down, going over there, it's, he needs to go back home and sit down and raise his little children and get another crap because this is not for him. And who's that? That man that y'all called the mirror. Oh. I don't. I ain't never liked him. I, and he had the audacity to come on my Facebook. I told him I'd never post your stuff for you. I told him <laughs> I wasn't going to never make it right for you. I went he was senator. Representative, he wasn't senator. He was representative. I was glad he was gone. All right, Beverly, we've got. It's a smoking hot phone today, so we we look forward to hearing from you again. All right, and 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 Pastor Barnett, get on up and and do this right because we can. We we here. We on the side of the dirt. We go. We gonna (laughs) make this life work for us. And I will be sending him a card over there. All right. Y'all have a good one. You too. Have a good one. That clears the line. 972-647-1893. And who do we have next, Pierre? And we have uh, Reverend Wright on uh, line one. Good morning, Reverend Wright. Good morning, Dr. Leon. You doing all right? As uh, as Beverly says, we're on this side of the dirt. Man, that means it's okay. I got a couple quick questions I just want to share with you and ask you. Let me ask you something. What makes them don't think and realize that what the mayor did has something that's been going on for years and we just didn't know it? He just exposed them. Uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, he came into the church, right, and said, vote for me because I was sitting there watching him. Okay. So he came into the church, vote for me. So we said, well, you know, we're going to support you. You're an African-American man, and, you you know, you was a state legislator. And, you know, we assumed there was an assumption that there would be he would be a, uh, a a leader when it comes down to equity and fairness and diversity and all these other different things at City Hall. But the first thing he did was was start hitting, knocking them, shooting at the, the African-American female police chief. He started shooting at her. OK. And then. Uh, he starts shooting at the African-American city manager. And so that was kind of like, those are red flags, but they weren't like flashing neon red flags. They were like, hmm, that's kind of strange. And he was supposed to be a Democrat. And he was supposed to be a Democrat. We've been saying this, that neither party cares about us. That's why we created our own party. And we are all victorcrats. The Democrats don't care no more about you than the Republicans do. So neither party cares about you. But it is important that we get out there and vote. Now, what Eric did, I thought maybe was wrong in the first place as well as everybody else did. But at the end of the day, neither party cares about us. And we need to wake up. 
Yeah, now, that, that, I understand your concept, your com- your context. Yeah, so I do. Together, we know. Yeah, we go. Hmm? We go continue to go through what we're going through, and it is important to vote. A lot of people uh, that was certain politicians back in the day said, "Well, it don't do you no good to vote. They're gonna do it. That's crazy. It's Mm-mm. stupid, and that's no, wrong." That's illogical. People need to understand that. <laughs> Because if you don't vote, if you don't show no vote in your district, don't no money come in your district. Absolutely. And see, and, and, and none of these politicians open their mouth and tell that. And why, we'll never know. And that's why we got to start holding them accountable. And so what Eric did, I think, was just, I don't know if he called it like my David Girl said, he's sucking up to the money, but they all do that. And he ain't doing nothing that they all don't do in the first place. But he just exposed of how people that look like us don't care about us either. Well, no, 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 obviously not when it comes down to that money. If we don't hold them accountable, Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. if we we don't hold none of these politicians accountable, it's going to be about dead presidents to them. Right. And that's money I'm talking about. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, it's about money. So if we got to start, when they come and not vote for me, what you going to do for us when we vote for you? Mm -hmm. We don't ask those questions. We don't hold them accountable anymore because we used to have real black politicians. Now we don't anymore. And so we can't get mad at nobody but ourselves when people look like us don't do a darn thing for us. And mayor, uh, the mayor, first of all, I was shocked that Eric got to be mayor in the first place. Cause where, how do you pop up out of nowhere and become a mayor? That was the first sign to let you know that he was put in that position for a purpose. Yeah, and I noticed mayor. that too when Mike Rollins endorsed him as opposed to yeah. the other guy that was running. And Rollins was a Republican. And I said, hmm, that's unusual. Okay. But if people didn't understand that, uh, that was exposure right then. Mm-hmm. That, that, that they didn't set that up to set us up. And so we can't get mad at nobody but ourselves. And you young man. Mm, I don't know if that's true or not, but I understand the context. <laughs> I understand your context, but we can get mad at somebody other than ourselves. Yeah, we can get mad mm-hmm. at somebody. Yeah, well, that's true, too, brother. But right. I'm just saying charity starts at home. This that's true, too. And then I want you to also know that the power is not being at church, it's in church. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You can go sit anywhere you want to and sit. Because you, you're in church don't mean you saved. That's right. <laughs> you understand me? It, like Jesus said, he don't want you to just be Christians. He wants you to be disciples. Mm-hmm. And that okay. means follow him and do what he did. And that's go out here and serve and help his people. And we have got none of those to do that. But I've called around and a lot of them ain't saying a word about it. But what do y'all think about the mayor just running to the Republic? Oh, I don't know. I don't have anything to do with that. Why are you so quiet now? Mm. You have some of these other politicians. Why are you quiet now you don't know what to do? Why you ain't saying nothing? Can he be impeached? It's all about money. They all are joking. If we don't hold them accountable, we're going to get what we deserve. Can he be impeached? Well, I, I wouldn't. He, he has to do a high I crime or a misdemeanor, right? Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I mean, impeaching him not going to help us in any way. get another one in there just like him. Until mm, we Maybe so, maybe no. And, and start voting until we come together as a people. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, we're going we to, and like I, we keep saying this, we need to start our own pack. And start getting our own people in there, and that way we can hold our own stuff accountable. Instead of people that just look like us, we need to get people in there that's trained. And, and if, and if they're not allowing him to do anything like like your president, I had to get on Obama, but I didn't realize it. Certain things that would let Obama do him, Obama didn't open his mouth and tell us. Because mm-hmm. you know why that would have started another civil war. Well, we had one in 1963 <laughs> or 19. What was it? 64. <laughs> 
64, 65, 64, 63. We had a civil war. A lot war. of us were saying he didn't, mm-hmm. a lot of I said it back then. Obama didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing, for, but they wouldn't let him. Well, why did he open his mouth and let us know they didn't let him? Mm-hmm. Still, uh, so we can know, man, we got him in there, but they still ain't doing nothing for him. Well, but that's the same thing with our local elected officials. We just got to start our own pack, and I'm gonna wrap it up because I know you got callers. Start our own pack, independent pack, and like I said, we Victorcrats. I'm not a Democrat either, or mm-hmm. a Republican. I'm a Victorcrat, mm-hmm. and cause you want victory? Victimize us, and they're gonna continue to victimize us. Oh, okay. All right. You hear me? We started our own party. Mm-hmm. But until we come together as a people, we're going to continue to go through what we're going through. So what Eric did was just expose what had been happening to us for a long, long time. It mm-hmm. just went public this time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for All your right. call and comment. Hey, have a good one. You and too. I'm going to talk with Pastor. I'm going to go by there and see if I can check on it. All right. Absolutely. All right. That clears the line. 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Pierre? Uh, first, we take a break, and, uh, and then after, we have uh, Thomas. Okay. And as Pierre said, we'll be right back. All right. It's time to take more callers. Who do we have, Pierre? Uh, we have Thomas uh, on uh, line three. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, sir. Good morning to you and your guests and um, Reverend Barnett. We got some praying for him. Uh, he got over a couple million warriors that's standing on the front line that's fighting for him. And um, I just want to thank you all for you know continuing to share. He's definitely well missed. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm listening to you know everyone coming on and they're talking about politicians. You know, politicians have been a problem. They've been against us for a long time. We've been against ourselves for a long time. Uh, some of us don't want to accept responsibility for our faults and stand up and make a change and stand up for the right of our people. But, you know, no one is talking about these mega churches. If, if, if you have, you have 120 mega churches that got over 50,000 members, they're not standing up for us. Mm-hmm. They're not coming to the table and fighting on, on, on the line and saying, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we need. You know, let's take, you know, 50,000 of us here Let's take another 50,000 of us there and come together and unite ourselves and vote as a whole mm-hmm. with the congregations because they are hiding behind the Bible for number one. They're hiding behind the money for number two. Mm-hmm. And they're not teaching the truth mm-hmm. like Reverend Barnett said. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because if they weren't teaching the truth and you take out of 50 states in America with all these mega churches, if we could get each and every last one of them members to vote mm-hmm. for the right that we're fighting for, it will be a change. Right. Mm-hmm. When you see things on TV, you see these small churches with 35 and 40 minutes, they're standing on the corner. These guys, they're not saying nothing. Mm-mm. But when you see them, they're feeding their face, they're feeding their pockets. Going on trips. They're feeding their families. <laughs> having <and> conferences. <laughs> they're having conferences. You know, 50,000 people. Right. But Making money. On the vote. Let's have a conference to vote. You know, when you see them in the airport, they're not at DFW. They're, they're at uh, what you call Addison. Mm. Private jet sector. You mm. understand what I'm saying, you know? Right. Yeah. They want their own private jet. Is that what you're saying? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I you know, want I'm my saying. own private jet. So I refused, I refused private jets in New Orleans for 27 years. Oh, okay. It's not an aircraft that I did not refuse. Okay. How much I have, how much I have received from any one of these guys, no names, 
Not not that much at all. But this is what we need to start at. Oh, they don't tell these people accountable. <laughs> you understand? That's how let's stop talking about these snakes in the office. Because they are there. They're gonna die and go to another place where it's gonna burn. Because they're sitting in line on the front line of we, the church. We hope. There. we hope. When when let's get these mega churches to start stepping up and fighting. Don't worry about that money you're gonna lose. Don't worry about your Republican print. Oh, my friend is robbed. You know, he's a Republican. Well, if you got a mega church, you don't need a Republican donor. You've got 10,000 members. You got 20,000. You got right. Why, why do you need his money? You got money. That's right. You got money. You, you, you know, know what, what do you got? You got uh, Concord. You got Antioch. You got Friendship West. You got uh, Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. You got this church. You got that church. That's a lot of power that needs to be harnessed. But in the 50 states we have, we can make a church and all these guys get together, get their members. Oh, T.D. Jakes, all these churches, mega churches, like what you're saying. Millions of dollars, thousands of members. Millions of dollars. You don't see nobody coming out on the front line. They can't seem to cooperate to help the masses of African-American people. I guess there's not enough money for them in that particular sector of the world, I guess. You know, a fight for rights for all so that we have to have a, a, a better life. Yeah, you know? because if African-American people get rights, everybody else gets rights along with that. Yes. And that's a lot. And, and it's oftentimes overlooked. The civil rights yes. movement that African-Americans spearheaded opened doors for everybody. And then when you go in our community, everybody else has a store. Everybody else has yes, a business. Yes. But yes. before the civil rights movement, you couldn't come into Texas and have an accent. No, you, know, for, you could not. You for, could not. for example, you walk in here and you have this accent, they're going to ask you, where are you from, boy? You remember that? They used That's to call that. us boy. Boy, yes. <laughs> boy, dad. Boy, dad, are you people. Right, where are you from? You're not from here. You better get out of here before. Before <laughs> you better get out of here while you still can. But since the civil rights movement, everybody comes in. Everybody else comes in. So I'm gonna set an example how they treat us. I was at a high end restaurant a couple weeks ago. My wife and I to make it quick. We sit there two hours and twenty minutes for our food. What restaurant on Oakland? We sit there two hours and twenty minutes. Nine dollars. I signed a contract for nine hundred bucks for nine people. We sit there two and a half hours for our food. You know. So they come out first to say the wow. was gonna take a little cook. I say, okay, no problem. I'm just sitting there, my family and I. Uh, then the lady come back out. She said, well, all the food is coming out. Okay, there's a black lady work there. I've been to this restaurant many times. She's been there for several years. You know, in that process, after two hours and thirty minutes, they only sent out a floor supervisor. Not one manager came out because they look at these black people sitting there, probably first time at a high end restaurant buying a hundred dollar steak. You know, mm. customer service, it was hard. Professionalism was hard. But all they saw was these little black people part of their first time. You know, they won't come back. They won't file no claim. Uh. They won't talk about it. But mm. I did. I called Florida. I spoke somewhere in Florida. You know, the guy said he called my wife and I back and lied and said that we had to close the case out. We did not close the case out. Mm. This is how much they care about us. But if anybody go places, you see me high-end places, you see more of us there. Hmm. You see a good because we are sixty percent of the national growth of spending. We are spending the money. We need to stop supporting these people. 
The guy gave us a five hundred dollar gift card for putting them in. It's not even about the gift card. The taste in my mouth is sour now. Hmm. And I explained to him when I explained to him the lady that's working there, she's been there for about nine years, oh he got a conversation now because now I've been there before. Hmm. No one came out the dresses. I say, sir, if we would have been any other race, that guy in the suit would have came out to address the situation. Hmm. You never feel like Why do, what do what did you do to deserve that kind of treatment? Uh being black. Oh, but 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong being with that. Black, nothing wrong with that. But no one came out. The mansion never Mm-mm. came out. Mm-mm. Not one time. But in another race, imagine what it came out. And he didn't get the situation right then and there. You know? We was one person start. So what they did, they gave us a discount as an employee discount. Now, sir, I became a customer, now I'm an employee. Wow. Hmm. How And you spent nine hundred dollars? Uh well they gave us a discount and the total bill was five hundred some odd bucks. Oh, we spent five hundred dollars. Yeah, the total bill was nine hundred total. <laughs> Because of the contract we had to sign because we it was a group of over eight. But how do I go from a customer to being an employee now? Well, I guess wow. they figured they gave you a break, so just, you know, keep your mouth shut and take it. I guess, I don't know. Well, we, we, we didn't, it didn't go like that because I called Florida and I filed, I filed a claim against them in Florida, the owner of the company. You know, they called back and called him and they say, well, I spoke with his wife and him and we closed the case out. No one called my phone or my wife called. Mm-hmm. So we called back. They closed it out, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we called back. They gave us additional uh, $500 gift card that they're going to send in the mail. And it's, it's not even about the card no more. The taste, the, the, the taste is sour forever. Right, right. You know? But this is how they treat us. But this is where we spend our money at, though, to these kind of people that care nothing about us. And it's not going to change. The only problems you see on TV is black and brown. Hmm. You don't see no other races on TV with these issues that we have. Hmm. And I'm holding a lot of these pastors accountable for them not standing up and doing what they are really reading in the Bible. What would Jesus say? <laughs> they're going to say, well, you see what ha- you see what it got Jesus, don't you? <laughs> Is that what they're going to do? Is that what they're saying behind closed doors? I'm not going to stand up. See what he oh got my God. All right. I got to move on to a next caller. So thank you for your call and comment. Uh, that clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Pierre? And we have Tony on the line, too. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Well, I'm doing. Let's see if they send uh, the men in black after me. <laughs> no, you be all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Give us some of your good wisdom, Tony. What do, you, what do you got to say? All right, let's talk about the mayor. I believe the mayor came out of District 100 representative. Yes, he did. This week. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the play was originally this. I think the play was to go, to go stay rep. I think he was waiting on Eddie Bernice Johnson to see. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a, now that, now that uh, Jasmine Crockett has it, he lost that ability. Mm-hmm. Now, I think running for mayor was was, was more or less North Dallas putting somebody in to run against the um, liberal liberal whites in Dallas. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 that was a passe position. I don't think he really wanted it. He ran. He won. Uh huh. So now that he's mayor, 
now, you know, like I said, he's always been, we always know what he was anyway. Benedict, Boy, Benedict Johnson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, guess guess who, uh, uh, is we, we had, uh, John Cornyn re-election is 2027. 20, mm-hmm. The same time that the mayor said he'd be out of office. Mm-hmm. They already cut a deal for him. Mm. Cornyn probably said, you know, I'm going to retire. No, Ted imported him, and, and, and so that's what he's done. Now, what he's ran on is he's from West Dallas. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a kid go, uh, leaving West Dallas going to a private school in North Dallas. Mm-hmm. I've always said this. He's Green Hill. He ain't West Dallas. Ah, and, okay. and that's the thing. You can be from West Dallas, you know, all day long. Okay. But you Green Hill, they, they brainwash you. But anyway, mm. so now, so now it is, what is his next move? His next move is the Attorney General or Tennessee. Okay. That's how ambitious he is. Now, the thing is this. In the next couple of years, he's going to give the city of Dallas and, and the city council all the hell he can give to prove that he's a black conservative like like um, Clarence Thomas. Oh, is, 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 is he is he a, a black white supremacist? If you want to call him that. <laughs> That's what Michael Eric Dyson calls it. I'm just saying. Is that is that what is that is that the terminology? Is that is that what that is? It could be that. It could be that. And, uh, and also, what would you say, Clarence this. Thomas? Did you yes, say uh, Kim Kleisic? Did you say uh, what's the senator's name from South Carolina? Uh, Tim Tim Scott. Tim Scott. Yes. Are they, now, is he a clone? <laughs> no, <laughs> is he a clone? Is he a conservative no, no. clone? No, no, no. You know, you know. The, the fact of it is, this. there are Democratic conservatives. There've always been Democratic conservatives mm-hmm. in Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the move was he went to the state house. Right. Makes a lot and, of sense. And then, like I said, he everybody was waiting on either John Wilder Price, or Ross West, and Everett Johnson to, to go on. Okay. Well, they to vacate. They move at, yeah, vacate. Now that Jasmine got a spot, he knows that he cannot get that spot. The next spot is either Attorney General. And plus, he also knows this: the state of Texas right now, the state of Texas right now can vote a Democrat into into Governor and Attorney General. The problem is, like you, everybody keeps saying, nobody's voting. Right. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that right now we had a low voter turnout. Yes, but. The, that problem, like I, I told you a couple weeks ago, that problem because we have black bourgeois uh, people who are scared to go to, to the projects and go and go to the hood, right? And they want the hood to come to them, right? You know, and so that's why we losing. But other than that, Johnson has always been what he was, is, and the fact of it is this: he knows that he has no other place to go, and he still had, he still has political ambition, and so he so what he what they have done is they sit down and say, hey, we'll we'll you be the black Senator from Texas, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna convince rural Texas that you are one of us. Mm-hmm. And so, just imagine, just imagine the, the, the announcement. It came on a Friday. Usually, a Friday is always the bad news or, or low news that day. Mm-hmm. He he went to the Wall Street Journal op-ed page to tell this. Right. He's he's been on Fox News, national news, so he's been making the case. The problem is this. And, and, I, and, I, and I saw Mayor Pro Tem Carolyn on talking about it's not going to affect the, uh, the uh, city council. It is not because because it's 15 people who vote. But what he's going to do is he's going to make sure 
that he put that progressiveness every time he does something at the shoe. That's a fact. It might not change the outcome. And then you have a charter review that's getting ready to come up in the city of Dallas. So he's going to put his foot in it. He's going to put, because guess what? He got the white folks in North Dallas that's going to pile up, up back his plate. And, that, and that's the reality. Mm-hmm. You know? And like I said, right. people, and, 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 and like I said, everybody keeps talking about not voting, voting, and third party. I'm going to tell you something. I like Roland Martin. You can say all that stuff about not voting. You can vote for yourself. You can get third party. We have a two-party system here. And guess what? You can do what you want. And guess what? That's how Mayor uh, uh, Johnson got in. Everybody want to do that part. But guess what? If you don't vote, you voted for him in. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's 600,000 people in the city of Dallas. Only 43,000 people voted. Right. I believe that, Leon. Thank you. All right. That leaves time for call and comment. Uh, we have any more time, Pierre? Uh, yeah, we, we still have two minutes before the break, and we have uh, Sojourner on line four. All right. Good morning, Sojourner. Good morning. Uh, the picture that we're looking at now, we are looking at America on the, the, the decline of America uh, being played out on every aspect of life in America. If you look at the the level of education in America, I think we might be 10th in the world. You look at the level of violence in America, we're probably first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I see your point. So many, so many areas that we are declining and the thing that we know to do, we won't do it. And we may have gone past sure, the okay, point okay. of no return. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hold it. We may have. I don't, I'm not saying we are, but I know it's looking that way. So the are you saying the, Pandora's box uh, is is open, and the only thing left is hope? <laughs> well, we, yeah, we got hope, but you know, uh, like all great civilizations in the past, when they reach a certain point where truth and honesty and integrity and all those things take second place to greed. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, they they automatically go down that path. You can't you can't avoid it and this is what is happening in America. You're witnessing the decline of America. We're looking at America becoming a third my prediction, America unless and we know what to do. We know what it's about truth and honesty. But in twenty years if America don't d- decide to change Right now, America will become a third world nation in 20 years. Okay. Well, thank you for your call and comment. Uh, That uh, takes us to the top of our second hour. And we'll be back after this break with more church information open forum on KNON 89.3, the most powerful show in the radio. Uh, we're back with more church information open forum on KNON 89.3 FM, the most powerful show on the radio. Now we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk about affordable housing. And as our guest, uh, well, if he wasn't well known, he's well known now. <laughs> Brian Tony, Morning. Of the Dallas Housing Coalition. 
Yes, sir. Leon's got the shirt on this I morning. I got the shirt on because it was fresh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Whatever's clean. It was clean. And uh, he gave it to me. So, but, we're, but to, get to, uh, to get back to dispense with the levity, as they say, uh, we're advocating for affordable housing in Dallas. And when we say we're advocating, to get more specific, the city has a billion dollar bond. As, uh, if you listen to this show, you know, you've heard uh, the mayor, Carolyn Arnold, talk about. And Brian has formed a group to advocate for money from that bond to be spent on affordable housing. So now I'm gonna let Brian, who's an expert on what he's doing, come on in and explain what he's doing. <laughs> All right, perfect. Thank you, Leon. Good morning out there. My name is Brian Tony. I'm an organizer with the newly launched Dallas Housing Coalition. We had our public launch on June 26 uh, this past summer, but we've been organizing behind the scenes now for about a year. Uh, we have over 150 members now who come across uh, not just nonprofit developers, churches, education institutions like Dallas College, Paul Quinn, uh, Dallas ISD is thinking about hopping on. So we've got a lot of exciting momentum. We want to make sure our coalition's diverse, uh, includes other uh, organizations like banks and for-profit uh, developers and companies who are all invested in making sure Dallas stays affordable. So our message is that Dallas is big enough for everyone and our mission is to advocate for the development and preservation of affordable housing in the city of Dallas. All right, keep going. All right. <laughs> so as Leon mentioned, uh, Dallas right now is in the process of developing its next bond program. Bonds are usually issued by a city every five to seven years to address long-term capital needs and infrastructure. Uh, in the last two bonds, in 2012 and 2017, the uh, housing allocation was a goose egg. Got zero dollars in 2012 and 2017. <laughs> So we are making sure that we catch up and uh, not only are we facing a shortage right now of housing units, the Child Poverty Action Lab says we are short 33,600 units for families and households making less than 50% of the average mean income. So that's about 44,000 for a family of four. Uh, that could be a single parent household as well, a nurse, a um, first responder, teachers, no longer can afford to live in Dallas and find affordable units to live in. The median income in Dallas is $58,200 and the average home price is $405,000. Wow. So if we want to keep people in Dallas, we know that access to housing is the greatest reason why people move, where people move, companies move, jobs uh, will relocate there. And that's not good for Dallas. If we're spreading our people out, especially our residents who have lived in Dallas, their families from multiple generations having to move uh, elsewhere and outside of their communities and into the suburbs. Uh, we want to make sure Dallas stays as economically strong and inclusive as possible. Mm -hmm. Housing staff estimates that we need 100,000 new and refurbished units by 2033 to meet our housing demand. So not only do we have that 33,600 unit shortage currently, we have to keep growing for the demand for our uh, families that are continuing to grow. Uh, people that are moving to the region, that's all adding to some of those um, price points and the pressure on our housing market right now. We believe our future in Dallas is tied to solving housing. We think that Dallas has a long history of rising to challenges before, and we can do this with the political will uh, to solve this issue where others have not. 
We've seen uh, cities that don't address their homeless solutions or their housing solutions. Not only are they driving out those residents, impacting their workforces, but they've in increased negative health outcomes. They um, have educational impacts. If you're a family who's having to move all the time, that's not great for mm. your student success and ultimately discouraging growth in our local economies. So mm. we got a lot of work ahead of us, but we had a great rally at City Hall Wednesday morning. Leon came out and uh, had about 100 people there, several of our city council members speaking, mm -hmm. including uh, Mayor Pro Tem Tanel Atkins. So it's going to be a journey between now and um, February is about when city council will ultimately put this on the ballot for next May. And we want to, again, as much of that billion dollars, hopefully at least 200 million dedicated to affordable housing. All right. Um, first of all, before we go back to the callers, we want you guys to shift over to affordable housing because uh, when we we extended the invitation to Brian. That was before, you know, the late breaking news about uh, the political situation at City Hall. Mm -hmm. So we're going to shift over to affordable housing. Please keep your comments to affordable housing. And next week, we will revisit uh, the mayoral uh, political ideology shift. So, so out of respect to Brian, uh, please keep your comments to affordable housing. Now, Brian, you mentioned 200 million, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe I heard someone at the rally say that that was gonna be used as a seed fund to generate more capital. Did, did I hear that properly or can you yeah. talk about Break that? Break that down for sure. Uh -huh. uh, so that $200 million, uh, about 70 million of it is being set aside for gap financing for helping uh, developers create more mixed income, mixed use communities. Um, several of our areas like UNT Dallas, uh, up north and near Valley View Mall, there are areas that we can have you know, a set aside. If it's not all market rate housing, we have at least 20% of those units set aside to uh, lower rent levels or homes that are a lower sales price. So that's where about 70 of the $200 million um, would be used for. I think that's kind of what you're referring to there. Another 50 million of that 200 million would be used for affordable housing preservation. So not only single family home repair programs uh, for our seniors and some of our uh, areas that are experiencing the most displacement right now, uh, but also for multifamily rental and rehabilitation. Some of our older uh, multifamily complexes around town could use a little facelift and that's what some of that money could go towards. And then 80 million, the biggest bucket out of that 200 would be used to support home ownership development. So uh, building infrastructure on vacant land helping out with utilities, sidewalks, uh, things like that. That would all come from a $80 million bucket and that would help and create more homeownership opportunities. Okay, uh, and then we're gonna go to the phones and see if any of the callers wanna you know, dialogue with you and uh, dispel some of the myths about affordable housing. Mm -hmm. But just to follow up with what we just talked about, we know that 200 million won't build 30,000 units, right? We know that, That's the, the numbers don't work. Let's mm -hmm. build them for $1,000 a unit, which is, you know, what's wrong with this? <laughs> so how can we take the 200 million and then do like Jesus did, feed mm -hmm. <laughs> 5,000. Make more bread, make right. more fish, yeah. Can you, can you talk about, can you speak to that for, for yeah, us? Yeah, no, absolutely, um, and thankfully, Dallas isn't the first city in Texas to consider using bond dollars for housing. 
Austin has done it four times. Mm. Uh, most recently, they did $350 million in November mm. of 2022. They did $250 million in 2018 and mm. about $65 million in 2013, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they've what they've noticed is that they've gotten a $1 to $10 match, basically, okay. they, from that's the, from the private about. sector, there from other go. federal state funding sources. Right. There you go. Okay, so that's what that's what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. You, can get a, you can get a one, you said one to 10? Yep. Oh, that's a that's nice every ratio. Dollar, yep. So that means if I come up with $100, Somebody's gonna come down with that. Oh, I need, right. I need to get that one. That two hundred okay, million no, no. turns into two billion. Okay, all so. right, all right. But that's that's exactly that answers that question. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, let's talk about the myths associated, and I got to get that right because people think I'm not educated <clears throat> uh, with affordable housing. Uh-huh. There is no statistical evidence that says people that live in affordable housing are any less reliable, criminal, any more criminal, any more undependable, any more anything, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it, than people who don't live in affordable housing. Is that correct? Is there any statistical evidence to back that assertion up? Yes, no, there, there is. There is no uh, impact on, on public safety from affordable housing. There's no increase in crime. There's no decrease in property values. If you go to our social media, Dallas Housing Coalition, and our website, uh, there's a resources page with those studies linked. <laughs> he's all right, folks. He knows what he's talking about. And uh, so this is a legitimate win-win. This is not just a apocalyptic, I'm dreaming, pipe dream type thing. This has been done in other cities did you say Austin? Austin and, and San Austin Antonio, and Texas. Too. Austin, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> They're both in Texas. Yeah. Wow. So that means you can we can ride down the road and see how this works, right? Yeah. Okay. We cool. Can see some of those projects. All Absolutely. right. Okay. Now let's go to the phones, Pierre. You ready to go? Yes. Now let's, folks. So we're going to keep this these questions to affordable housing. And we're going to, you know, you want anything you want to know about affordable housing, Brian knows it. So who do we have? Uh, we have Sandra on uh, line uh, three. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. Thank you for uh, having me on. Uh, I live in an affordable housing uh, with apartment comp, uh, with the apartment, in an apartment. Uh-huh. And... We're always getting, uh, every time we uh, sign our lease, we're getting um, higher rent. Okay. Is there anything that we can do to help the builders of affordable apartments help them with um, their costs so that they don't have to uh, raise the rent every time? Uh, you sign a new lease. Is there anything that can be done with that, or is that totally in the in the in the budget, as opposed to the bond package? Can you address that, Brian? A little bit, yeah. Thank you for your question, Sandra. Uh, the budget can't really do as much for it, unfortunately. Right now, Dallas allocates less than one percent of its annual budget uh, to housing, so the bond is kind of a one-time opportunity where. They would have this funding available. Developers and property owners like yours could apply for this funding, and in return, they could lock in their affordability for 20 years. Um, 
so that they not aren't necessarily raising it as fast as the market is, but they're still making it affordable for the residents who are living there. So it's it's tied to that area median income I mentioned, and uh, they would still have to make sure that it, it keeps up with inflation, but it doesn't outpace inflation. Right now, what we've seen is that rental prices, housing prices are all rising faster than people's incomes over the last 20 years. So it would mark it down a little bit. There would be some you know, voter and uh, developer contracts that ensures that happens. Um, but I would also recommend you, know, you also do some research and present to your landlords. You know, I can find comparable units and see if you can negotiate a little bit. But that is a little tricky to do because there's just not enough supply right now of housing. Mm-hmm. And do you have a do you have a number that we may be able to contact you later yeah, or another time? Go to our website, um, DallasHousingCoalition.com, and there's a contact us um, page there, and you can totally get in touch with us that way. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And I wanted to add this. I'm trying to be politically correct about this, so I don't offend anybody. Inflation is price gouging. Okay? Now, Brian didn't say this. I said this. When I look on the news and I see them paying $7.49 for a gallon of gasoline in California, but in some other state they're only paying, let's say, $4 and something for gasoline, are you telling me that a gallon of gasoline in California is more is is two of a gallon of gasoline in Chicago or New York? What are you telling me? Because, and I have this link on my computer when it talks about the lady going to the congressional hearing, and she says she has she lays out the evidence of how this inflation is artificially created by business then I see on 60 minutes and they're talking about the defense department this missile that costs $7,000 all of a sudden it goes up to $24,000 and the defense department tells the contractor says look man we, we're fighting a war we're in Iraq we need these missiles we don't have this kind of money can you send us the missiles they tell the defense department uh, if you don't send us our $24,000, you're not getting the missile. Okay? So, you don't have to believe me. Go look it up on 60 Minutes. Google it up. Okay? So, we understand a- about business. You know, that's profit. But there's a distinction between profit and greed. Okay? You don't need to make 290% profit. Why don't you take 100% or 60%? Let people live. Okay. Next caller, please. <laughs> Who do we have, Pierre? Uh, Red Ghost is on the line one. Good morning, Red Ghost. Good morning. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry that I've been getting we're in the 10th Street Historic District, and we've been trying to fight for affordable houses in that area. And uh, no matter what we do, no matter who we have in our council department, we can go back to uh, Ron Kirk and Alonzo that was over in West Dallas. The city difference of West Dallas has been 
changed and brought up to date and mm-hmm. does some affordable homes over there as well. And I don't know too much about the affordable homes over in West Dallas, but the same is happening in Hill Cliff and throughout Dallas where they are saying that they're trying to put up affordable houses and the land stuff that they're trying to put it on is is um you know is way out there. It's way out there where there's no buses or anything. So what can you do to assure us that we'll get some affordable houses in residential area that has bus and transportation for those people to get those homes? Okay, Brian, can you address that? Great question. We we definitely want more housing built in what sometimes are called high opportunity areas. They're they're areas that are located next to transit with good schools, access to parks, uh, things like that. So it's a little bit of a, a both. You know, sometimes it's more expensive to to build in those areas, but um, we want to make sure that the bond funding is flexible enough that it can be used and to, to make affordable housing more possible to be built there. Right now, the market in those areas is only building high-rise luxury style apartments that aren't affordable to the average Dallas resident. So that's why that little bit of subsidy from the city is needed to to make unlock and uh, make that math work out. And then for that, what you mentioned, the land where there's not any infrastructure currently, that's where that $80 million bucket would be used for uh, roads and transportation and you know creating some of that development. Where there is some vacant land in our urban core, it'd be helpful for environmental re- remediation. I know that's an issue in West Dallas and, and South Dallas too. So it can get the land right and then we can you know keep our neighborhoods, preserve them um, before they are, it's too expensive to live there anymore or to develop there. Yeah. Okay, I have another I have another question right here, too, also. Sure. In those developments, in those developments, we do go in there, and we do have some of those uh, uh, developments with those uh, uh, low-costing homes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the infrastructure in that area, some of it has not been completed. Mm-hmm. What's going to make it uh, where you go in and do the infrastructure with the other $80 million to make sure that when the houses are built, that you will continue to have sidewalks, you continue to have the street curves and stuff put in like it's supposed to be because you can go to some of the houses that that, that has been built and some of the sidewalks you can go that way some of the sidewalks and stuff is not completed mm. so what's going to guarantee the 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 developers to, to finish those 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 infrastructure uh uh, uh program mm-hmm. to help the homeowners to fulfill their uh house and feel like they are really in a neighborhood instead of you move into a ghetto mm. before you got a brand new house and you're moving into a ghetto because they're doing infrastructure that's not completed. Mm-hmm. What's, what's going to stop us from that? Because we already have that in different pockets of, uh, of Dallas. Yeah. I got you. Um, when, when the city council passes and calls for the bond election, what one of the things we're advocating for is that they also pass a root resolution that's like a contract with the voters. We understand that there has been accountability issues and uh, inequity before, so we want to make sure that we're giving you the assurance and that there's a bond oversight commission, another one of our recommendations that oversees the use of bond dollars and so that they're upholding the standards that you expect as a resident and that all of us expect as taxpayers. All right. Uh, We're going to be right back after this short break on the most powerful show on the radio. 
search your information in open form. Yeah, what's up? I'ma kick it with the mind, y'all know. Just love, can I kick it? Here we go. And we're back for more church information in open form on 89.3 KNON FM or KNON.org if you need to stream. Uh, I wanted to talk just a little bit about what the gentleman was saying about the different areas and lack of infrastructure. That's what the Southern sector needs. Now, I'm hoping that uh, Robert Petrie can call in and talk a little bit about what he's trying to do. Uh, I don't know, Brian, if you're familiar with him or not. Mm-hmm. He's got a, almost 100 acres right there where 20 and 45 intersects. Prime real estate. All right. Okay, and he's been fighting for years to get infrastructure, sewage and electricity so he can develop. Because these are some of the areas that actually need development and would be good places for affordable housing if, you know, the transport, the, the bus lines and the roads were put in there, you wouldn't have a problem living there. I'd just jump back on the train and jump back on the highway or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm a proponent of doing a lot of this work in the southern sector. Do you remember when we were meeting with Karen Mendelson and I asked her that question and she says, we don't have any room for it up here. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. Okay. So that's all I'm saying. Huh? Yep. Built out. She said, we're built out. So I said, okay, that's fine. We'll build down here in the southern sector where they need, uh, what did Tanelle Atkins say? Housing is economic development. Mm-hmm. He said that the other day, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're doing. We're trying to tie all this together. Okay. So let's go back to the phones. Pierre, who do we have? And we have Chuck on the line too. Good morning, Chuck. And Concerned Citizen first. Sorry. Okay. Who you got first? Concerned uh, Citizen? Concerned Citizen, yes. All right. Good morning, Concerned Citizen. Good morning, uh, Leon. First of all, let me ask you, Leon, did you get, I hope you got your scouts replaced back on your card from last week. You know something? I did. <laughs> well, that's good news. Great news. Mm-hmm. Great news. I did. But well, listen, let me just get to the meat. You know, I, I don't, you know, first of all, I want to say to your gentleman, I don't know you personally, so what I'm about to say is not personal. I just like to get to the meat. Now, you talk gotcha. about affordable housing. I mean, I want you to understand that the listening audience that you're speaking to is senior citizens or above. We're talking 65 or above. So when you talk affordable housing, we're talking about people on fixed income. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's be realistic. How does your program affect our seniors right now who have fixed incomes and they're trying to get an affordable house. And if that works, you know, I want to, you know, it sounds like Leon sold on your idea. You know, can we help Leon get into a nice affordable housing? You know, can we take care of Leon first? I love Leon, yeah. Let's, let's take care of Leon. You already sold him on our deal, so if you can you get him in an affordable house and maybe he can come back and report to us and let us know. But let's just be realistic. When we talk about affordable housing, we're talking about folks that have decent income that can afford affordable housing. I've seen it. I don't see how this is going to work for our seniors with them being 65, 70 years, 80 years of age and, and on a fixed income. So could you speak to that, please? Sure. I mean, we absolutely want to make sure our senior residents can age in place, that they can age gracefully, that they can 
be a part of their community that they've known for their entire lives. So 50 million of that 200 million is dedicated towards preservation. So $10 million is set aside for home repair programs. There's already a senior home repair program at the city of Dallas, but it's underfunded. It can't serve all the people who are applying for, for those funds to repair their homes, get new air conditioning units, uh, get new uh, exterior uh, you know, facelifts and in, inside anything that needs to be uh, fixed in the foundation. You know, those are all eligible funds that uh, Dallas has never had enough money for. And then on the rental side, preserving those homes, uh, making sure that they, they're expiring, you know, potentially LIHTC deals or their Dallas Housing Authority properties. Like there are properties that have, you know, existed for since they were built in early 1950s or um, the 80s that are, that are ready for uh, reinvestment and some renovation. So this would be something that we would rely on, on y'all's help as audience members and, and Leon getting the word out about this, that we need advocacy first to, to get these dollars set aside and then you know second to make people aware of these programs and that they uh, can have access to it get their property owners and landlords on board so that they know that uh, this funding is available uh, because if we don't do anything right now what we do know is it's just going to get a lot worse uh, before it gets better in Dallas uh, is he still there he just hung up okay yeah, yeah because <clears throat> traditionally According to HUD, affordable housing is fixed, designed, uh, created, implemented so that a person doesn't have to pay more than one third of his income for rent. Okay, so that's that's the parameters that that, uh, that Brian is trying to get built into this funding that he's trying to get through this bond package, so that people are not put in the position that they have to pay half their income for rent if you're on Social Security and you can't afford to pay half your income for rent, okay? You can only pay one-third because you have to pay other bills also. So these are the these are the, the, the guidelines, the uh, guardrails, as you could call it, that he's trying to get in place as he requests his funding. Okay. Uh, who do we have now, Pierre? Uh, we have Malcolm Robinson on uh, line four. The barrister. Yes. The barrister. Good morning, barrister. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm above the dirt, like Beverly likes to say. Well, good. <laughs> so you, uh, I thought someone had a question for me, but maybe I'm... <laughs> Well, I mean, if we don't have a question, we still want to hear hear your your wisdom on affordable housing. Affordable housing? Uh huh. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> what can I say? It has to be uh, available, mm-hmm. and the uh, city. I mean, you know, the city has to develop funds to develop a certain area. To make it affordable. I mean, you know, I'm no, no, uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding what your question is. Well, uh, Brian Tony here is the chairman of, Dal- of the Dallas Housing Coalition. Is that correct, okay. Chairman? Organizer. Organizer. Yeah. Okay. And so what we're trying to do is, you know, for the sake of all the rest of the listeners also, we're trying to get 
uh, let's say a certain percentage of the bond package that's going to be on the ballot in November? May of 2024 right now is the plan. Okay, in May, uh, dedicated toward affordable housing. Now, the reason I said I didn't use the number that Brian used is because in some of our meetings with the city, we have asked, can this bond package be increased? Is it set in stone? And Brian, have you had a response from that yet? Somewhat. Um, it might go up to $1.1 billion. Okay. So that would be helpful mm-hmm. uh, for everybody. I don't think there's an interest in raising taxes. I think they've looked at it. That would be the only way to increase it above $1.1 billion, and it doesn't seem like there's an appetite for that. Okay, now let's, let me go back to that. I, I asked about that before. Not necessarily raising taxes, but how about not cutting? Okay, because the reason I'm saying not cutting, somebody says something about be $17. I mean, what would Jesus do? <laughs> would Jesus say, no, I need to have my $17? You know, I'm, I'm living in this house. I got a two, $300,000 house or whatever, right? Okay, Jesus would say, come on, man, here. Take the $17, build more affordable housing. That's what we want. You know, we, we know we we know you you know you can take the seventeen dollars, it's your money, you know, you you're paying the taxes. But think now, if you well, build ha- huh? has the mayor pro Kim uh, commented on any of this? Uh she has not called in today, but she know she is she knows that the, the it's an open door here. She can call okay. in. She's probably because of the recent developments concerning the mayor's office, she's probably busy doing something to try to, how can I say, process what's going on. Mm-hmm. Would that be an appropriate word, what you say? Process <laughs> this? And maybe, hopefully, uh, we can get her to call in next week. And I also uh, want to extend a <clears throat> yeah, I'd like for her to comment on the on the bond package because she has a a interpretation of what happens. Okay. Uh, in, in regards to that, and it's very important that that uh, people listen to her interpretation in regards to all that. Okay. All right. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's ab- absolutely appropriate. And she yeah. has some success stories in her district too. And in, in the bottom district, they've invested bond dollars in new infrastructure there and, and you can see you know how much of a change that that has made and she also talks a lot about home repair and programs for our seniors and, and the new recreation center we're in touch with jasmine anderson and um pastor parker and a few other folks that are very active in that district would love to have her support mm. okay see that's that's why brian's here uh okay and uh again let's get back to the 17 dollars per one so many households that was supposed to be a tax cut now again think about the humanitarian side of this you give your $17 back to the city and say you build some affordable housing okay maybe that'll give a guy who's or a, a lady 
who needs a place to stay a place to stay. So maybe they won't think about, I got to go out here and get me something to play. I need something. I'm going to knock somebody in the head take what I want. Because poverty breeds crime. Okay? So if you can get one or two people so now I got a place to stay. I can, I can build up from here. An opportunity to have housing as opposed to taking your $17 and going and buy you a couple of burgers or whatever you want to do with it because that's all you can do with $17. And I am accurate when I say $17. Mm-hmm. Right, right? Is that, is that accurate? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Burger, fries, and drink. Right. So, and they did say 17 bucks was going to be the average uh, tax savings for that tax cut, right? Most recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not making these figures up, folks. I'm at these meetings. I'm along with Brian. I'm just sitting in the back, and I'm listening. And I'm not a dumb PhD candidate. <laughs> not to be the smartest one, but I'm not dumb. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, let's let's have seventeen dollars, folks. Humanitarian stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, anything else you want to say, Barrister? No, that's uh, that's a question for me. I I have I don't have too much to say on that because uh, um, I'm, I'm yielding to the uh, mayor pro tem's uh, okay. in terms of all that. That's why you're a barrister. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you for your call and comment, barrister. And okay. that frees the line nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Who do we have next, Pierre? And we have a mic on uh, line three. Good morning, Mike. Hello. Good morning. All right. How y'all doing? We're doing great. Well, I'm going to ask a question neither one of y'all can answer, your guest or you, you know. Uh, okay. I hear the term affordable houses all the time, affordable house, affordable house. You know, of course, yeah, house is affordable to the person that can afford it, mm-hmm. you know. But I never hear anybody come up with a starting price of an affordable house and affordable to who? You know? So what is the starting price of an so-called affordable house? Okay, Brian, you want to address that? Man. I said at the beginning that the average home price in Dallas right now is $405,000. A family needs to earn $135,000 to afford that home in the city of Dallas. So homes being built that are affordable are usually between 200 and $250,000. That gets you a mortgage payment that is not exceeding your 30% of your annual income. Mm -hmm. This is Leon was talking about. So that would be the price range that, you know, I would throw out there just for consideration. But we also need to think about, you know, what types of housing are most affordable. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a single family detached home anymore. There are new product types like duplexes and condos, uh, townhomes that, that might be more affordable and uh, longer lasting and not lead to as many foreclosures. So, because um, it takes, you put more units on, on less land and those kinds of zoning reforms are some other things that uh, we're looking into. But to answer your question, I would say between 200 and $250,000. Uh, that's, that's insane. Okay, let me let me ask you a question. You mentioned yeah. the word insane. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, we're gonna hold you over uh, till after this break because we want to try and drill down a little bit more. I have some comments that I want to make, and this is Church Information Open Forum on KNON.
most powerful show on the radio. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? It's I'm gonna kick it with the line, y'all know. It's Yo, Could I kick it and we're back, and this is gonna be our final segment on Church Information Open Forum. Again, I want to mention before uh, we get too deep into this discussion, and I forget that uh, we want all the listeners to send their cards in, their get well cards for Reverend Barnett to. Remember Marion Barnett, excuse me, care of KNON. The address is 13154 Coit, C O I T Road, Suite 200, Dallas, Texas, 75240. And you can go to the website and you can tap the contact button and you can see this for yourself on your phone or on your uh, stationary device. I don't know what's, what would be a word. Desktop, laptop, tablet. Okay? 13154 Court Road, Suite 200, Dallas, Texas, 75240. Now, uh, I just recently was in Atlanta back at the end of August. And I visited uh, a friend of mine after the class reunion. And he lived in a four-bedroom, two-story house that he paid 200000 for on the outskirts of Stone Mountain, Georgia. And I was shocked when he said that he only paid, when he bought it 10 years ago, he paid 150. Hmm. He said, now they're building them for 250. He said, they beat these people out of 150000 I said, this thing only costs $200,000? So... What you're saying, Brian, is a reality. It's not, you're not just pulling stuff out of your, I'm not gonna say it on the radio. (laughs) There's also a good study by BC Workshop, Building Community Workshop, I'd recommend. It's got a five year comparison between um, 2016 and 2021, but I highly recommend anyone listening that you go look it up. Um, Southern Dallas has 40,000 fewer homes valued at 150,000 or below uh, than it did you know, just five years ago. So we're losing homes at that price point at 150,000 or below. Mm. And so uh, to the caller's uh, consternation, which I can understand, uh, we're actually going to try to address that point exactly. Because that $250,000 house was a nice house. And you can afford that mortgage, or if it was a rental, you can afford that rent uh, comfortably with, with within the you know certain what uh, certain boundaries and have a decent place to stay. Okay, does that answer your question, sir? Man, that house, $250,000 for a cheap home. Don't you know they building three, they, they, they building shotgun homes 
right on Pennsylvania from the Farrell Point to, to, to Central Expressway, two-story mm-hmm. shotgun homes, mm-hmm. and they answer for $350,000, and the whole structure ain't even 15 feet wide. And, th- and you think that, that, that house, you think that house is that valuable? No, I mean, we I, I can't. We can't speak to what they're doing with their projects. Those are market rate. Yeah, people uh, are going to uh, buy those investors. homes. Market ain't a market mm-hmm. is just like a, a a rectum. Everybody has one, and some people have more than one. A market. Somebody sits mm-hmm. down and they put a number on a piece of paper and say, "Okay, this is what it costs." But that's not what we're going to be doing. Okay, so you got to make a distinction. Dope. What? Okay, if you, can you let me respond? Okay. What they're doing is market rate. What we're doing is affordable housing. So we're not going to be doing what they're doing. You understand that? So you say you think $250,000, the average black person in these poor neighborhoods in Dallas can afford that house? What would the payment be? A mortgage like that? Mm-hmm. And... I don't know for sure, but I'd try and get you a number. Okay. So, so my wife work at Walmart, mm-hmm. and I work for Home Depot, mm-hmm. and we both going to make enough to afford a $250,000 house. Yeah, because the payment won't be, what, it'll be seven, 800 a month? Something like that? No. I can pull that off the top of my head. That, How much? No. $250,000. Okay, let's house. see. Let me see. Well, <laughs> Did you run the numbers? Can you run the Are you sitting in front of a computer? got a computer, a tablet. Okay, now why don't you run the numbers, okay? And then call us back next week with your numbers because that'll give us time to run the numbers. And then we'll drill down a little bit more uh, and we're going to answer your question, okay? Yeah, one last thing. Why, why is always a bunch of money for developers? You know, they have, this city have no problem giving developers millions of dollars mm-hmm. but these old black folks that clean white folks homes for mm-hmm. decades and pay for their homes mm-hmm. they have no money to try to help them fix their house but they got plenty of money for developers that ain't even most of them ain't even from Dallas okay Brian uh, he's talking about you yeah. talking about renovation right developers and putting money in developers pockets uh, uh, first I'd, I'd recommend everybody go look up uh, the community developers roundtable uh, started by Maggie Parker and Innovan Neighborhoods. They are doing amazing work uh, getting developers of color from the community uh, to build housing and, and uh, retail and commercial for their communities that, that they grew up in. And, and so there is an emerging market of developers of color who are either mostly nonprofit or they understand the needs of their community better than any outside developer. And this funding would be helpful for them. Uh, to help. Give me a website where I can go to that show the developers pay that money back that y'all give to them. Where is that website? Well, they're not necessarily giving it back through, because once it's built, what it's doing is it's increasing the tax base in the city of Dallas. It's increasing the pro- some of the property values, but there are ways to it's mitigate right. that. And that, but that money can go back to the city to reinvest in other programs that benefit the community and the budget. Everything you talk about, man, is related to white people. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Have you have you gone down to City Hall? Oh, he hung the phone up. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say this as we go to the next caller. Go down to City Hall and take your uh, your your comments, 
your issues to the city council. Talk to your council person. That's the person who can get something done. Badgering us, vilifying us, is not going to <laughs> not going to change your problem. We're trying to address it in a civilized manner, but if you want actual action, a solution, you have to go to City Hall. I've done it. Okay, who, who's our next caller? Uh, we have Chuck on uh, line two. Good morning, Chuck. Hello. Good morning. Well, I'm not Chuck. Okay. Robert Petrie, I think you. Oh, good, Robert. Hi, good morning. Good to hear you. Okay. Good to hear you. We've been. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you called in. So, so what is your what is your uh, what is your comments concerning affordable housing? Well, when you look at land value right now, I mean, you know, a lot in South Dallas don't sell for sixty thousand or more, so you ain't gonna be able to build no two hundred thousand dollar house in, mm-hmm. in South Dallas. And I, and I think that we need to look at gentrification, where they're coming in and buying up the the, the real estate. Uh, you know, through Opportunity Zone that the federal government has made available for uh, persons that have capital gains. So, so the, the, you know, I mean, I guess I'm at the end of the conversation, but uh, to, to it's, it's going to be almost impossible to build a house for $200,000. And, and, and my question is, affordable housing and low-income housing, there's a difference in both. Now, I was at one meeting and they were saying that they only had less than a million dollars for for people to renovate they that's already owned their home to renovate their home mm-hmm. in the city program. So, I mean, and and, and another question is, uh, can you get the city to put two hundred million dollars aside for affordable housing? I mean, it, 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 to me, it's when I'm been to the bond meetings that they've already just about agreed to what they're going to do with with the bond money. All right. Let, let Brian rest it. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, coming up, starting next week, there are going to be another series of district bond town halls. So between September 26th and October 19th, every city council member is going to be having more town halls in their districts. Some might offer a virtual option as well. So go uh, find out when those meetings are and show up. Like Leon said, right. when right. you talk to the city directly one-on-one, y'all have those relationships with, with your elected representatives. Uh, we're doing what we can. We had a good amount of support at our, our first rally at City Hall on Wednesday, but we got to continue to talk about it because if it's not getting talked about, it's not going to be a priority in the city of Dallas. Right. What, what the issue that I see that's important is putting bond money for at-risk youth. See, when you look at the, the young black boy that's growing up in the inner city uh, of Dallas and with no job, no trade, no skills, and been denied opportunities all his life, we need programs to help this at-risk youth because if you don't help him now, later on, he's not going to buy no house. He's going to be breaking in your house. <laughs> Uh, he's going to be robbing you. You know, until we have opportunities for these young people, we that's what we need to put in, in the bond program, some funds for at-risk youth. You know, uh, 
uh, housing is, is, is great, but at risk, you, we need to do something. See, because these kids in our community have been denied all their lives of opportunity. This racism is more than ever before in the city of Dallas. Until we deal with programs to help our youth to get the training programs, the programs that would give them opportunity. See, right now, kids in, in Southern Dallas, they don't have the same opportunities as kids in North Dallas and other parts of the city mm-hmm. because they've been denied, been denied racism. People that live in Southern Dallas, they got to go to Plano and Richardson and other parts of the city for employment. Mm-hmm. We need to create some jobs and opportunity in Southern Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, and housing. We right. need all this here. Mm-hmm. But but we got to deal with, with, with Southern Dallas. These white people don't care nothing about what happens in Southern Dallas. Mm-hmm. They don't have no reason to come to Southern Dallas. Right. And and they're not gonna fund anything that would benefit the residents of Southern Dallas. So it's time for black folks that don't vote never vote to, to start voting, participating in making a difference in this city and standing up for Southern Dallas. Because uh, for the, the, the white people in, 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 in Dallas, Southern Dallas is the ghetto. And don't go over there. Hmm. You're allowed to get robbed. Don't live over there because they're going to burglarize your house. Because hmm. they have denied the residents of opportunity all their lives in this racist city of Dallas and, and I experienced it myself. So, you know, I guess I'm may not be talking about what you Well let me let me let me let me ask you a question. Uh you know, I was telling Brian about how you know how you a landowner. Right? right. And I I know your struggles because you've been trying to develop your land because you have prime real estate, right? And you deserve to have that real estate. You've been here in Dallas for years uh, trying to be a business person. So I would like to see how you can work with the city to develop your land as far as some housing, some affordable housing. What is your what is your uh, concept of how you want to develop your land and how we can fuse affordable housing within that concept? Well, a mixed-use development uh, is what uh, Skyline Ranch Future will be, where you have residents, business, you know, some affordable housing, uh, and, and, and business. You know, it's kind of what we are. And then the affordable housing could be for, you know, I guess the gentleman mentioned Austin. Affordable housing, when you look at, that's students. Those houses is for students in Austin. Yeah. We are adjacent UNT to Dallas UNT. too. Come in. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're adjacent to UNT, so we would be looking and and trying to get affordable housing next to UNT, which is student housing, which uh, veteran hospitals right down the street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So housing for veterans. I mean, yep. but a mixed use where people could also have a job and work. Mm. And mm-hmm. then also, yeah, and, and, you know, also a residential community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, we have been denied, when you look at, they kept the infrastructure from the area around UNT for the white developers to come in and develop and make all the money. But now we have infrastructure 
that we need everyone in that area right now a year ago did not have sewer Ah, so you finally got it. Okay, good, good, good. Everybody got it. That's been my fight for 30 years. Right, it's taken you 30 years. Right. For 30 years. Mm Because when I purchased Skyline Ranch, it didn't even have water. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Didn't have sewer. I had to run a sewer, I had to run a water line a mile just to have water. Mm. And it was all by design. Mm. When they redid... Uh, University Hills, which was formerly uh, uh, Houston School Road, they build a new road. All they have to do is put sewer in that road. They wouldn't put sewer in the road. So the people, the landowners right now, within the last six months, now have sewer. But but they denied those landowners for 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 the history of their property. See, and that was part of the, the, the conspiracy of Dallas. And see, it's, it's time for the, the community to stand up. Because I was telling the people on University Hills, I told them, hey, man, they building that new road, put sewer in the road. All right, Robert, uh, we're going to revisit this later. But it's okay. time for the workers beat. Gene and Bonnie are here. So we're going to have Brian back if he wants to come back. I'd love to come back. And uh, we're going to revisit this. So thanks, guys and callers. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank y'all. Dallas is big enough for everyone. Check out DallasHousingCoalition.com for more information. As a white folk, I care about Southern Dallas. I'll be back. I'm just speaking for myself. And uh, we have a lot of people in our coalition who do too. Right. So... Stay tuned for Workers Beat with Gene and Bunny. See you guys next week. Don't let this